Who are some surprise Arizona State Sun Devils who could be bigger contributors than we might anticipate in 2022? We're going to talk about that in just a moment on this edition of the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. Our Locked On Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome back to the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. My name is Richie Bradshaw and I will be your guide for everything Arizona State Sun Devils. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen every day. Remember, we're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, if you would like to check us out in a visual platform. But wherever you do get those podcasts, make sure that you hit the like and subscribe button and turn on those notifications so you get an update whenever we put out a new episode. Before we get started, I would like to thank LinkedIn for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. Let's go ahead and hop into today's conversation, which is three surprise Sun Devils who I think could have bigger contributions on the season then maybe we're willing to talk about. So looking on the offensive side of the football, I did decide to go with three skill position guys. Uh, No one really on the offensive line that I think could be like this massive difference maker. I am interested in a guy like Isaiah Glass to maybe take a step forward and become a full-time starter for the team. Um, Case Hatch was someone who was interesting to me at that fullback spot, but ultimately I just don't know whether or not Arizona State is going to truly employ the fullback enough to really justify my selection of Hatch to be a surprise contributor, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily put it past Hatch to end up having himself a really nice uh, niche with the offense. So uh, overall, I, I did take, like I said, three skill position. I went one running back, one receiver, one tight end. We're going to start with the running back. That being Deontay Elliott. Now, Elliott is going into his uh, sophomore season for the team. He has really not received any touches whatsoever. In in his time with Arizona State, he's only had three carries and turned it into six yards. He is essentially looking like the third string running back in a best case scenario, depending on what ends up happening with incoming freshman Tevin White who is going to bring a lot more thunder to this backfield compared to Elliott or even Zavian Valade and Danny Nagata because Tevin White is an absolutely monstrous running back. But looking at Elliott, he's a lot more of like, n- not so much the modern running back, but like the prototype running back build. At 5'10", 190 pounds, he's not anything that's really intimidating in the sense of like he he's not a ground and pound knock you on your you know what kind of back he's not dancing around in the backfield but I do think that he is a creative kind of runner he showed off some really good promise during the spring practices and I think that that might be able to translate into him getting some opportunities this year Arizona State is not shy with you utilizing three different running backs Daniel Legata who looks like the team's lead back this year was the third running back for the team and still managed to grab 56 carries a year ago. Of the three running backs that they used, Rashad White, uh, Chip Trianum, and Daniel Nagata, all three of them had 56 or more carries. 
Uh, Chip Trianum was uh, second on the team for running back carries with 78. And Rashad White, of course, paced the team with 182. So I would not be surprised if Arizona State found a way to get a third running back involved. I think that that could be Deontay Elliott. So where Valade is going to be, I, I think the most complete option for the team, as he definitely seems like a really good pass catching option and just an overall between the tackles outside the hashes kind of runner. I think that he could be like the one a option here. I think Daniel Nagata is definitely a very good runner. I've talked about him plenty of times before I've highlighted him as somebody who I feel is very similar to what, Eno Benjamin was for the team a few years ago. And if that's the case, then you've got a very special running back duo on your hands. But after those two, it's really kind of up in the air as to who's going to step up next. Like I mentioned, you have that Tevin White incoming freshman back who's over the 220s, around like 230 pounds. He's over six feet tall. He is definitely going to be that bruiser back for the team. Wouldn't be surprised if Arizona State wanted to bring back something similar to what they had in the Kalen Bellage era and use their sparky package and goal line situations and had Tevin White be a bulldozer kind of guy and rack up some touchdown numbers. However, I do think that he might struggle to get on the field a little bit because he is a freshman, and this is a very rich backfield of a lot of veteran guys. So while, um, goodness gracious, Deontay Elliott, while Elliott is uh, is going into his uh, retro sophomore season, he does have two years with the program. And I understand he doesn't have a lot of like on-field production. Again, he's only got three career carries, turned it into six yards. So literally nothing to write home about. But at the same time, he knows the program. He has an understanding. He has a grasp on what the team wants to do. He even has that edge over Xavier Valaday, who's coming into the program as a transfer for what it's worth. I'm not saying that Elliott is going to be a thousand-yard guy. I'm not saying that he's going to be the number one back on the team. But I wouldn't necessarily be surprised if he turned into the team's third running back option, which, again, this is something that the Sun Devils have seriously valued for quite some time, too. It's not just in recent years, but you also had the Eno Benjamin role when you had Demario Richard and Kalen Balage were in the backfield together. You had years ago, uh, DJ Foster was like the third running back that they had when they were also utilizing guys like uh, Cameron Marshall and um, Marion Grice. Arizona State has really, really liked to have three running backs that they can rotate in and out of the lineup and be able to keep defenses off balance, keep their running backs fresh. I, I think that it's, it's a very good situation here for someone to step up. Again, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a Tevin White. I almost did go Tevin White but I'm going with a guy who's been on the roster a little bit longer and might be able to provide a little more upside. You know, we haven't really seen what Elliott is capable of. For all we know, he could be a very dynamic pass catcher, but based off of what he showed during spring practices and the fact that he's got a really nice grasp on this playbook, second maybe only to Daniel Legata, is this could be a really good situation for him to end up blossoming into a really important role, which could lead to a big time future role. So let's say, let's say Nagata and 
and uh, Valaday have themselves really rock solid years and decide to not waste any more tread on their tires and go to the NFL. If Deontay Elliott is able to have himself a really nice 2022, you could look at him as the starter for 2023. So with that kind of incentive here, it wouldn't surprise me if Elliott really just came out and busted the doors down and became a really, really productive and exciting runner for the team. I think that he's kind of like one of those sleeper guys that you might have to keep an eye out on this year. Uh, Deontay Elliott, again, someone who really, really excites me for this program as the third running back for the team. That's my first guy here. We're going to go ahead and hop into our first break. When we return, we're going to take a look at the second guy that I have listed here as a potential surprise contributor for the Sun Devils in 2022. This is the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. As the sun comes out and small businesses are back in business, LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier to grow your team. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the people you want to interview faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions will apply. And as we return, you guys need to take a look at the Locked On NFL podcast. Which NFL stars move the betting line the most? Starting July 18th, Locked On gives you the 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the odds makers at Bet Online. Available July 18th on Locked On NFL, wherever you get your podcasts. Hopping right back into our conversation now about surprise contributors for the Sun Devils coming up here in 2022. I'm thinking that the tight end position isn't necessarily the most vital to Arizona State success. We haven't really seen a dominant tight end in the last, God, it feels like 10 or 15 years. We, we've we had some guys come through the program. You had, uh, I always say Cody Coyle, but I know that that's not his first name. But neither here nor there. Uh, Curtis Hodges was the most productive guy that we've had over the last uh, however many years, and he only had 20 catches uh, a year ago. He did turn it into 374 yards, so 18.7 yards a catch. He was someone that the team liked to use. Uh, in in that intermediate to deep passing game from the tight end spot. I mean, they liked him on the post up, post ups. I know they like to spread him out and just get him into space. With that in mind, I, I look at the roster. There's not really a tight end that stands out to me in terms of like being that next Zach Miller or Todd Heap. But there is a guy who I think is more than capable of stepping into a very similar role that Curtis Hodges had a year ago, and that's Jalen Conyers. Conyers is a guy who's going into his uh, uh, second season with the program. He should be a redshirt sophomore as well as Deontay Elliott, 
uh, transferred from Oklahoma back in 2020. Uh, a year ago, recorded six catches for 62 yards, did manage to score a touchdown. So, and for what it's worth, this is as the second tight end, which Arizona State's not necessarily using its its number one tight end. I don't know why you would expect great production out of the number two tight end, but six catches compared to Curtis Hodges' 20. They definitely like to get him on the field, was able to get into the end zone. I have a feeling that he could easily replicate the production that Curtis Hodges had a year ago. Again, Hodges was that 20 catch, 374 yard, two touchdowns. I feel like that is entirely within Jalen Conyers range. Now, Conyers not nearly as big and a post-up guy as Hodges because Hodges essentially was like a, like a like a small forward out there for you at six foot seven, but Conyers still a very respectable six foot four. 250 pounds. I think he moves really well. The thing that I like about him is you might be able to get some position versatility with him. I wouldn't be surprised if based off of how they wanted to use him last year, if they do something similar this year where they might want to flex him around the lineup, maybe they line him out wide or put him in the slot, but wherever they want to use him, I think that Conyers could be someone who is like a sneaky productive player for you. I, I feel like you can just be very creative with him. And that's something that is going to be very important for the Sun Devils this year because you're looking at a team that doesn't necessarily have a lot of proven guys. You know, we, we've talked before that looking at the receiving core, Andre Johnson and uh, um, uh, Brian Thompson combined for just 25 receptions a year ago and a little over 300 yards and just a single touchdown. There's not a lot of of continuity in the receiving room. I've talked plenty of times about Cam Johnson coming in and potentially being that number one receiver for you, but he is coming into a program that he's not entirely familiar with. He's having to build chemistry on the go because he didn't have the spring practice. And there, there could be a learning curve for him. Maybe, maybe Cam Johnson comes in and he isn't quite as productive as we want him to be this year. And maybe he's that guy in 2023. Looking at the rest of the roster, I mean, you like the potential of a guy like Elijah Badger. Uh, There's some other guys there that are kind of interesting, but Jalen Conyers could be a very, very big time uh, benefactor of this situation. And he could find himself in a role where he's going to get a, a mass volume amount of opportunity. You know, Ricky Pearsall was your leading receiver a year ago, 48 catches. I think that that's probably Cam Johnson's job to lose. But after that, you've got LV Bunkley Shelton's 33. You have Curtis Hodges's 20, Rashad White's 43. Those are going to be distributed pretty evenly, I would say. So I do expect Zazavian Valade to get a lot of work in the, in the receiving game, which you know could take that 43 catches from Rashad White. But between Bunkley Shelton's 33, Curtis Hodges's 20, uh, Johnny Wilson is gone as well. He had 12 receptions a year ago. That's uh, that that's 65 receptions that are going to be distributed throughout the remainder of the roster. And Conyers could definitely be someone who sees a really nice amount of that volume. I think that what really excites me about Conyers, besides the fact that th- those targets need to be distributed somewhere, I like that you can move him throughout the lineup. Heck, maybe this is a guy you want to get in the backfield every once in a while as like an H-back option for you. I think he has that kind of athleticism 
where you can almost, almost get gimmicky and cute with it and just have some fun. And we've seen Arizona State likes to have, you know, cute little plays here and there where Ricky Pearsall is able to roll out uh, in the backfield and throw a pass down the field. I think that Conyers could be someone who they want to get creative with. Maybe you give him rushing attempts. Maybe you get him the ball underneath and stretch him deep a little more. I, I don't know. I, I feel like there, there's a lot of possibility here with Conyers, maybe more so than any other receiver on this offense. And this is a tight end that we're talking about. I'm very big on Cam Johnson. I think that um, Andre Johnson and Brian Thompson could be in for rebound seasons. Obviously, I love the run game. Jalen Conyers is someone who is very intriguing to me this year. And I think that this is definitely the number one tight end. You know, we've talked before about Messiah Swenson, the incoming transfer from Mizzou, as someone who could be intriguing. But I do look at Jalen Conyers here as the guy who, who excites me the most and could definitely be a surprise candidate this year to really turn out something special for the team this year. Let's go ahead and hop into our final break. When we return, we're going to go over the final guy that I think could give you surprise production this year on the offensive side of the football. This is Locked on Sunnivals podcast. BetOnline.net is still your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information this year. Find all the latest sports developments, league news, and reviews, including this year's Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information including live betting, esports, and scores. And betonline.net remains the number one spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. Betonline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. And you guys want to make sure that you're checking out the Locked On Pac-12 podcast hosted by my good friend Spencer McLaughlin as he goes into detail on everything in the Pac-12 in 30 minutes or less. Make sure that you make Locked On Pac-12 your second listen of the day. Taking a look at the final guy that I am projecting to have sneaky good production this year. It's a wide receiver. It's someone we've been hyping up for a while. At this point, I just I feel like I'm manifesting it is it's a breakout year for Chad Johnson Jr. I I I pretty much was under the impression that Elijah Badger was going to be that guy for me because he's been someone that has actually been involved in the offense and he was another guy who really stood out in spring practice but I'm going balls to the wall with this prediction here and that Chad Johnson is finally going to get on the field he's finally going to get meaningful snaps and he's finally going to end up producing in a way that we have been hoping and praying he could finally do for this program. Overall, Chad Johnson Jr. is a guy who came out with quite a bit of fanfare for the program. I believe he was a four-star recruit for the team, and he's got his father's build. He's a six-foot-one receiver. He's sitting right about 185 pounds the last time that his uh, profile was updated for the team. He just has not been able to get onto the field. He's going into his redshirt junior season, I believe. And I think he is in a prime position to break out this year. You've got three receivers who I feel confident are going to get a lot of playing time this year. 
Cam Johnson, Andre Johnson, and Brian Thompson. Uh, outside of that, there is a lot of opportunity that is available for these guys right now. Because uh, Jordan Porter is gone. Ricky Pearsall is gone. LV Bunkley Shelton is gone. Uh, um, Johnny Wilson is gone. There, There is so much like vacancy that is here for somebody to step up and grab it. And I don't see any reason why Chad Johnson Jr. can't be that guy. I understand he's he's not going to be what his dad was because his dad has got, got a case for the NFL Hall of Fame. He's one of the better receivers of the 2000s. He was a stud during his time um, at Oregon State. He, overall, I think that Chad Johnson built a really, really good legacy for himself that ultimately made it difficult for his son to follow in those footsteps. And he definitely has had some very large expectations and myself included as someone very guilty of building him up a lot. This is, this is the prime opportunity. If there was ever a chance for Chad Johnson jr. To truly flourish and, and just live up to any of the expectations that he has set for himself. This would be that year. The stars have aligned for Jad Johnson Jr. to finally get onto the field. Even better yet is you've got a brand new quarterback. Regardless of it being Emory Jones or not, which it will be. But let's say let's say he gets benched at some point. Chad Johnson Jr. has had a, re- a, a, a I, I can't think of the word, but he's he's been able to build chemistry with Trenton Borgay during the time that the two of them were on the second, third string offense, right? Paul Tyson is another guy transferring in from Alabama who has definitely been spending some time with the other receivers trying to build something with those guys. And right now, those are the second, third string quarterbacks in whatever order you want to put them in. Chad Johnson's getting an opportunity to play with those guys. Emory Jones is going to be looking to build some chemistry with all the guys there, which is going to give an equal opportunity to all of the receivers. It's not necessarily those big three guys ahead of him that have to be the most productive guys. There is a legitimate opportunity this year that Chad Johnson could finally step up and become a rock solid contributor. Who knows in, in a, in a absolutely insane scenario, he could be your number one receiver. The talent is there. To me, there's no denying that Chad Johnson Jr. could very, very well be the most talented receiver on this roster. He's very physically gifted. And I think that it's it's just been difficult for him to get onto the field for one reason or another. But I don't think that the athletic profile is the reason why he's not on the field. If he's got the playbook down, he's got it between the ears, which to our knowledge, this guy's not a troublemaking kid whatsoever. He just has struggled to get onto the field. This is the opportunity that he's been waiting for and le- legitimately been waiting for. He could have transferred out of this program a while ago. He could have been part of the exodus this offseason. He stayed. He's betting on himself. This is a guy who is hungry. This is a guy who is ready to break out. And I have a feeling that, again, with the stars aligning the way they have, 
you, as a famous Marshall Mathers once said, you got one shot, one opportunity to seize everything you ever wanted. This is it. If, if there was ever a more perfect opportunity, it's this. Chad Johnson Jr. has the opportunity to truly seize himself a massive role with the Arizona State Sun Devils this year. I think that he's more than capable of doing it. I think that if there's one guy that I am like just guilty pleasure excited about this year, it might be Chad Johnson Jr. I'm willing to be wrong because I just I, I'm just so excited about him all the time. But that's my last guy. So that wraps up this edition of the Locked On Sunnivals podcast. Again, thank you guys so much for making Locked On Sunnivals your first listen every day. Remember, we're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, if you'd like to check us out in a visual platform. But wherever you do get those podcasts, visual or audio, make sure that you hit like and subscribe and turn on those notifications so you get an update whenever we post new content. Also, if you're on Twitter, go ahead and follow me. That's at RichieBrads36. And follow the podcast while you're there as well, at LO underscore Sun Devils. But that's going to do it for us today. So until next time, guys, you keep it locked right here on Locked on Sun Devils.